And that's what the hard part about faith and spirituality is that sometimes it's about letting go. It's about trusting something bigger than me. It's about trusting that I am a part of something bigger. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to connecting women through stories, inspiration, and actions that empower resilience, leverage change, and celebrates their next. If you have lived half a century, certainly you have valuable skills, knowledge, and something you can share. Creating online courses on an appealing platform is another way to reach your audience, deliver your knowledge, and create an income source. I've been a Kajabi user for over five years, and I'm continually impressed with the amazing capabilities, options, excellent support, and the dedication to continue to innovate and provide the very best to their users. It's everything you need from soup to nuts to house your pearls of wisdom and share with others. To get your first month free, go to www.nextcareerlife.com backslash income. That's www.nextcareerlife.com backslash income. And get your first 30 days for free. Transformational coach, speaker, and author of How Could This Happen, Christy Fowler, has met life's challenges in her own way and forged a unique path for herself. By utilizing her experiences and knowledge, she supports and facilitates growth and success for others. Welcome, Christy. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. Um, I I, um, know you've been really busy, but I just kind of want to have the audience get to know you a little bit. Uh, Tell us about, you know, your background and and what you do and, and so we can get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, thank you. So I have my master's in marriage and family therapy and a master's in theology, and then really spent my life helping people in a variety of ways, from being a therapist to now a coach and speaker, and in my early years, even a pastor for a period of time. And one of my favorite things is being a mom, though, of two grown children and how they have taught me so much and um, so grateful to have them in my life. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's amazing. So theology, so so you bring that into your coaching. I mean, I, I have a friend who says everything you learn isn't isn't um is always gonna be used. So she's like, be careful what you learn. So how do you, you know, use the things that you've learned in in college and in your experiences? How do you apply those to what you're doing now? So for me, the theology part is really about spirituality. You know, it is about understanding there is something bigger than us. And uh, for me, I can't imagine my life relying on just me for understanding, for strength, for um, so many things. And so um, it's not your traditional uh, Christian rigid thinking for me. Spirituality is so much more than that and, and really affects all areas of our life. And so a really important thing for me, for sure. For and 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 for growth and for and just um, everything that's going on in the world right now and and I am urging people, my close myself and others. I've always had a, a more inner an inner um, life, and I think it's so important now more than ever uh, for us to develop that inner life. And and do you integrate that into what you're doing with your coaching? I do because if we don't find those ways to connect with ourselves, to really ground ourselves, to really understand um, who we really are beyond the roles that we play, but to truly understand the uh, incredible worth that we were born with 
Um, but right. oftentimes I find we just lose that sense and we get caught up into the world around us. And that's where we find our value or our worth. And we, we missed it when we do that. Yeah. The, you said something really interesting there. Our value or, or our worth on the outside. I think a women, especially we give birth to children. So we kind of have a little bit more, uh, I would say a little bit more familiarity with miracles, mm-hmm. like, like something incredible bigger than us. So I, I would say, and it's, it's generic, it's general, but I think women have a easier time embracing the idea of something bigger than ourselves because of the miracle of, of, of having children. Um, but I, I honestly think that um, in order to really grow, we have to go inside. Mm-hmm. And with this pandemic, mm-hmm. we've been forced to go inside. Yeah. And there's just so much noise and so much things coming at us. I would think that anyone listening to this probably would align and resonate with, if I've, I went out and I did this thing and I thought it would be the thing, and then it wasn't. It was empty. It was on, and I kept looking for the thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if I just do this or tick these boxes, I will be happy. Mm-hmm. So do you get clients coming to you going, look, I've done these things and I'm still not finding my way. And what are some of the things that you work with them on? Or how do you get them? Is that what your book? I have not, sorry, I've not read your book. How could this happen? Um, is that part of it or how do you work with that them? That is part of it. But so one of the things that I find and because I get it, because that was me. I've yeah. read, I've educated myself, I've, I've put myself in different environments to absorb, to learn, because I wanted so bad to find that joy, that peace, that thing, right, that would make right. me feel better. And it always was unfulfilling. It worked for a little bit, and then I got bored, and then I wanted something else. And for women, we can do it in a lot of different ways. Um, losing weight, having babies, getting married, going and getting an education, like, okay, now that makes me acceptable. That makes me good enough because they're all tangible. They're all things that we value in our culture. And yet it always leaves us wanting more. And and then especially if something happens, um, we get divorced, um, we don't get married, uh, we don't have children, you know, we don't have certain things and we do gain weight. Um, Then we just spiral into this constantly trying to earn it trying to mm-hmm. find it rather than connect with it, connect with who we are. And I know for me, I needed help to get to that place because yeah. it is a trial and error. It's a self-discovery. And so one of the things that I love doing for people is helping to pull it out of them. It's oh, in there, but yeah. you just, sometimes you get caught in your own head. Can I say, I would get caught in my own head. Many so of us do. <laughs> we do, especially as women. And So just really trying to help pull that out and really uh, redefine it. And part of that is, what's the story you keep telling yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Or how are you avoiding the truth? Mm -hmm. Because as women, we just take on so much. We do. And we lose ourselves in it. And I think sometimes it, it really comes off as, look, I'm doing all of these things. I'm such a good person. I'm so needed. But you're not getting down to why you're on this earth, what you're supposed to be doing, your true nature, all of those things mm-hmm. they're missing. And they know it. They feel it in themselves. Mm-hmm. I know so many women do, right? Yeah, they do. And one of the things in the work that I do, I find this over and over again, how many women give and give and give, but neglect themselves. And here's my concern with that. They actually take pride in the fact 
that they take care of everybody else and don't take care of themselves. That's and what I mean. They, they, they take pride. Exactly. They take pride. Yeah. Like this, see, look at everything I do. And what we're really doing underneath of it, what's that undercurrent is what I'm doing is as long as I can keep all these people dependent on me, needing me, I'm okay. It's like you've created this little cocoon for yourself. Like, okay, as long as I have this, then that's why a lot of moms in particular have a hard time when their kids go off to college because they, what am I going to do? I, they don't need me anymore. And, and really wanting to shift that a lot younger so that you can avoid some of the things that happen in our life that you don't. Taking care of ourselves should be the number one priority in our lives as women because the more I take care of me, the better I can be in the world and for my family and for myself. And it makes such a difference. But it's and if we keep it. it isn't. And and we keep also going to that bank and pulling out and pulling but we end up in the red on the bank because we're not filling that bank back up. And um and we're overdrawing. And that's when things just get all a mess. Or we feel really lost. And we don't feel like we know ourselves any longer. And I think a lot of women um, approaching 40 up into their 60s, they have a lot of struggles with this because mm-hmm. of roles that they've had to play, the, the our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I'll bet that um, it really is a great journey for you to, to help them. If they're really seeking, they've come to you because they want it, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And how about the spirituality part? Because we've all been through our journeys in life and, and we go off in the world. And I always tell my daughter, it's like the, the, um, the universe plays a joke on us where we're feeling like we're supposed to go out and do it all on our own. But then at the same time, we're supposed to have this reliance on something bigger. Mm-hmm. And um, so you kind of come back to it, but you really do fight it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us do. We try to just do it on our own. And how do you work with your clients? I mean, do you get a lot of resistance with, Oh no, no, I can just make things happen. I'm going to do it this way. And how do you, how do you, does that happen a lot or not? It does. And it does because the truth is if I can do it myself, then it mm-hmm. leaves me with the power. Yes. Really? really? That's so profound. Yes. Yeah. And so it leaves me with something tangible that leaves me in control. Mm-hmm. And that's what the hard part about faith and spirituality is that sometimes it's about letting go. It's about trusting something bigger than me. It's about trusting that I am a part of something bigger. It's not, Mm -hmm. I grew up in a very, very religious, um, incredibly strict religion growing up. And it was Mm -hmm. about the rules and it was about compliance and it was about obey. And it wasn't about think for yourself, you know, discover this. It was not about love. It was Mm -hmm. about doing what was right according to these rules that were created. Mm-hmm. And I realize I think many of us got embedded in that, you know, this is good, this is bad. And as long mm-hmm. as I follow those rules, then I'm okay. But we miss the bigger part. It wasn't about that. It was about love. It was about loving ourselves. And I, you know what the biggest response I get from women? Well, that's selfish. I'm just selfish if I do that. I'm like, oh. then call me selfish. Because yeah. one of the things that I find with women, we go to a couple places, we become the victim. Well, this is just my life. You know, this is just the life of being a mom or, you know, well, husbands, they're just, you know, they're so out of tune or so selfish. And I'm like, right. that's actually not necessarily the case. We have to advocate for ourselves to say, this is what I want. This is how I see myself. 
And the truth is, it's up to us as women to make that change. We can't wait for men to see us different. We can't wait for our parents to teach us different. We can't wait for culture to change. I'm going to do it right here um, within myself because I'm worth it. Because it is such a better life to live than to live in all those do's and don'ts because it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And also, I'm, I'm a huge believer in that we're all here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Each and every one of us has a unique, we have unique, unique traits and skills and things that we can, we, we may not all be celebrities, who wants to be anyway? <laughs> but the thing is, is we're all here to serve a greater good. Yes. And, and we can't get to that if we're so caught up in all the things that are outside in the world telling us we have to be this way or that way, or all the distractions like I'm a mom and I and I'm and I'm a sister and I'm a daughter and I'm a a, a a business owner and I've got all of these things, and that aligns really truly too with how we define ourselves. If you're out at a dinner party or a networking event and people say, "What do you do?" That's like the first thing. And and a lot of times I've heard women when they pivot out of a certain career, they're completely lost mm-hmm. with who am I now, and uh, I so believe that if we can get rock solid on what we are and have that that connection with ourselves and with our, our you know, whatever you want to call it, God, um, intuition, higher power, um, everyone has different names for it. I think you have a better chance at really navigating the ups and downs of life. What yeah. do you think? I mean, what have you seen? And, and, you know, do you agree with that? I do. And here's what I, here's what I would add to that. I think those moments of transition, those moments when we're trying to find ourselves are mm-hmm. truly our best gifts. Because think about it. When, you, when life is going good, when you're making money and you're doing what you love and everything's okay, yeah. do you really spend the time to grow, to reflect, to, yeah. to connect with yourself? You don't need to because everything's okay. But when we go through those dark days, those difficult times, the more questions than answers. It truly is a gift because what the universe, God, whatever word you want to use, is uh, giving you an opportunity to say, okay, let's go deeper now. Okay, let's go yeah. deeper now. Okay, let's go. Because I don't know about you, but I just turned 50 a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. One- Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> One of the things that I love about getting older is you have a perspective that I could not have had at 20, 30, 40 and so now realizing what is really important, what is really, I never want to stop growing. And my number one reason for that is I've got two kids that are still watching me. Yes. I, I want to keep evolving and growing. And part is because we have lots of models that it hasn't worked out well. And right, right now I am living with the outcome of people that don't take care of themselves. And my mom recently got diagnosed with terminal cancer. She's the caregiver for my dad who has um, dementia and Parkinson's. And one of the first things the doctor said to my mom is, we see this all the time because caregivers stop taking care of themselves and then they end up dying of cancer. And it broke my heart because again, that modeling. And so I don't ever want to stop. I don't ever want to stop taking care of myself or seeing myself for who I really am in that moment so that I can have that awareness so that I can have that influence in a positive, healthy, grounded way instead of just that I'm in survival mode, but we're addicted to survival mode. We are. And I think it's because of the power that you were Mm -hmm. saying, because then we feel powerful. 
Mm-hmm. But that's all smoke and mirrors because it, it always goes away and it's very empty. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, I think, too, we get to a place um, in life where you're saying this is a great time in life because we really do see, okay, I look back and I see all these wins and things I did, but really what, what was meaningful, what really matters is love, mm-hmm. whether in relationships and loving yourself and, and having a relationship with something bigger than yourself. All of these things are really what's truly, truly important. And to continue to learn, I think that's one of the biggest things. If we continue to learn, then we can remain relevant and still be engaged mm-hmm. in life. And, you know, there recently has been a book put out by um, Sanjay Gupta. He's the mm-hmm. mind doctor. And he was talking about how we keep learning and we learn new things, helps to, to create different um, pathways in our brain, keeps our brains mm-hmm. um, really healthy. So it's, all, it's scientifically proven to keep learning but it's also for our, our hearts and minds and for the people around us. I think it's the concentric circles where mm-hmm. if we start with the middle first, and it's all that uh, uh, laws of attraction and all of that, but I think honestly, simply just really be good and clear mm-hmm. on, on your center. Yeah. So what are ways that you, that you um, have people or help people to really start getting back to that? Because a lot of times, Women, especially, we were talking about all the distractions, are so far from it. How do they start coming back to themselves? Excuse me. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I start with is having them really pay attention to to the way they talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. And that really gives you a window into how you really see yourself. And it's interesting because we have these habits of referring to ourselves as, oh, I know I'm so unorganized. I'm so emotional. I'm just a, I'm just a mom. I'm just a secretary. I'm whatever. And it really is. I, you know, I know I'm so fat and ugly. Um, Mm. And it's really interesting how many times as women, we disqualify ourselves before anyone else has a chance to do that. I know I'm not as educated as you. Oh, I know I don't have as much experience as you. Oh, I know I'm not as good as you are at whatever. So. Right, right. And so that's one of the things is really to start having them grow their awareness. And here's the key with that. No judgment. No, Mm -hmm. that's right. That's terrible. That's such a bad habit. Ah, I just hate that. Oh man, I do that just like my mom, whatever it might be that, you know, (laughs) yeah. Instead of really connecting. And then it's about starting off slow because what I find with a lot of women I work with, they've already done some groundwork. They've done some reading, they've done some research and they're just having a hard time putting it all together and really having that um, follow through that they want. There's somewhere that they get blocked and they just need help getting past that hurdle. So some of it is identifying those blocks and with love and compassion, meeting them there in that place and really looking at how that served them in unhealthy ways. It made them play small. It helped them to stay safe. It helped them because it felt comfortable. And so to really start acknowledging some of that. I love the words you're using, play small and staying safe, because I think a lot of women choose that road. Mm-hmm. And then they regret that they didn't mm-hmm. do the thing that they really could feel within themselves that they should be doing. Um, and I agree with you about it's so, so necessary. We can read books and we can take online courses and those are great. I, mm-hmm. I'm such a, I love books, I'm such a reader. But I think in order to implement and really take action, it's so great to have someone that you're reaching out to that you're accountable with. And it's not your sister, your mom, your friend, um, you know, somebody that, that knows you. It's somebody who can just really kind of hold you accountable mm-hmm. and help guide you 
to growth. And um, so a lot of people say, well, coaches and, and experts and things, oh, that's, that's so fancy. And it's like, well, no, if you, if you really want to get to that next place, mm-hmm. you do need it. And mm-hmm. they are useful and you will be better off because mm-hmm. you've, you, you made this commitment to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just like making a commitment to a trainer mm-hmm. or um, a, a health plan or, you know, a health uh, exercises and things like that. Jim, um, I think it's just one of those things as far as taking care of ourselves that is so necessary. Yeah. And it goes um, back to that belief that I, if, for it to be real, I have to do it on my own. I shouldn't rely on anybody else. And what's fascinating, I, I, I can't spend that kind of money, you know, because I need to give it to the kids. It's just these excuses because we're afraid of what we're going to discover. And I oh get it. And that's one of the things that I have found for myself is being in community with somebody else or even in a group that's safe, then it actually makes the growth go so much faster because mm. you don't have to second guess. You can have that validation and that feedback and that safe place to be real and to be understood. And I know for me, it made all the difference in the world. And one of the things that I love giving to my clients is that I've been there. Yes. I had to work through it myself on multiple levels from trauma to disappointment to things in life not turning out um, like I wanted them to. And so it's different when you got somebody that says, well, I have all the answers because I've lived a perfect life. I don't relate to that kind of thing. You know, no. you've got to have that. I'm in the, I was in the trenches and now that's how I know how to come and be of service and help um, with you in this time. Yeah. And that's great. Cause you come from experience. Like mm-hmm. I, I said earlier, you really do come from experiences and, and the knowledge that you've, you've gained from those. And um, you said something that was so important. I, I, again, I think it's how we define ourselves and having to redefine ourselves and, and being really clear, and if you can help them to, to harness that, to really harness that, then no matter what life throws at them, mm-hmm. not saying it wouldn't be hard or difficult or, or crises or traumas, at least we know who we are, mm-hmm. what we bring, and that is vital for us to continue to remain resilient mm-hmm. and engaged. And so this how could this happen can you tell me a little bit about that book because yeah. i'd love to know about your your book so i wrote that book from um, a really practical self-help book for people that have gone through trauma with their child uh, mm-hmm. oftentimes um, nobody prepares for trauma nobody prepares for the unthinkable things to happen because we often think that that will never happen to me which i get that thinking but when it does now what do i do And so a lot of times we get caught up into the pain and the trauma and we don't have a path for the healing. It's one thing Mm -hmm. to heal physically when we get injured, but it's a whole different thing to heal spiritually, mentally, relationally um, in that process. And so I talk about, because one of the things that I found in the work that I've done is that when people had trauma in their life, especially as a child, um, maybe if one sibling, it happened to one sibling, let's say they were in a really bad car accident and um, had some paralysis, let's say. Oftentimes what I found is, um, or even in different roles, the parents, you play a role as a child, either the over-functioning, under-functioning, or the, um, the rebellious. And yeah. then what I find is because you've learned to play that role, you go on the rest of your life and guess what the over-functioning person does? They marry an under-functioning person. 
Guess what the underfunctioning person does? They marry an overfunctioning person. And so now you, it's a way for you to unconsciously maintain that role, but you resent it. You, yeah. you are repulsed by it, but you can't seem to get out of it because you have no idea what's driving it. And so for me, one of the things I'm big on in educating people is emotional intelligence, is really understand what's driving you in this moment. Because if you don't understand this piece, but we're so used to it, it's hard to uncover it sometimes, then we're setting ourselves up for some difficulties. So, Wait, can you, can you talk a little more about emotional intelligence? Because I don't think people know quite enough about it and what, what it means. Yeah, so emotional intelligence in a nutshell is emotions are information. Mm-hmm. So every behavior, thought, action you take, is based on a feeling you have. But if you can identify what the feeling you have, and Brene Brown's work, she did some research and found that people could only identify three feelings, sadness, happiness, and grief. And I was like, oh my gosh, like only three emotions when there's a whole gamut of emotions. And one of the things as women, we've been given permission in our culture to express our emotions. And we did our men a disservice by telling them they can't, that they only have anger and happiness to express. But emotions are energy. Emotions are, are, if you think about it as e-motion, that puts us in motion. Have you ever done something in a moment and then gone, why did I just do that? Why did I bite that person's head off? Why did I just sit down and, and pour that extra glass of wine? Um, you know, why did I just spend two hours on Facebook? It's because you're not aware of what emotion is going on inside of you and you're making an action from it. And so emotions get a bad rap because it's not the emotion in and of itself, but it's what we do in our emotions that gets us in trouble. And our modeling came from our parents when we were kids, which most often is not a healthy version of what, how emotions should be handled. Mm -hmm. So here we are acting in ways that we don't understand here as adults. And so, so many triggers, so many different things are, I call it our pain story. Eckhart Tolle calls it your pain body. And so that gets triggered and I react in that place. And I truly believe when we can understand our emotions, put words to it, connect with it, honor it, not judge it, honor it, then we truly can bring some healing and move forward in our life instead of being trapped in that cycle of, anger, rage, jealousy, insecurity, whatever that cycle is for you that we tend to go back to um, because it truly can be healed. That's amazing. And, and I think that people often will react, as you said, back to the childhood where you learn from your parents and maybe your parents didn't have good tools mm-hmm. often on, on how to deal and how to process out emotions and, hey, I'm feeling this way and I want to go, I don't know, get on Amazon and buy a bunch of things. And why am I doing that? You know, why am I filling up my cart? And so that kind of thing. So they're not asking the why. So we're not taught this in school. And, and as, and as parents, I think now uh, as a parent, my, I have worked with my kids and I've really tried to model that, but it took work for me to dissect that because I was behaving in a way that was really um, in the world pretty good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I had to dissect why am I be doing that or I'm not really feeling the feelings, I'm doing this instead. I think a lot of us do that. Mm-hmm. And we, we, I'll, 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 you know, not me, but I just binge watched a bunch of stupid TV. Mm-hmm. And why did I do that when I have so much work to do? Or I always hear this. Yep. And I just love this, this um, you know, subject of emotional intelligence and really being able to pinpoint why am I behaving this way? And it's because I think we numb out. 
with mm-hmm. all the exterior things, with all the stuff we got going on, all the noise, mm-hmm. um, we can really get away from the real true nugget mm-hmm. of what's bugging us or what's at, you know, what's, what's really maybe like you're saying, the transitions, the things that are bothering us are really what's going to make us grow. Mm-hmm. I love that subject. I remember saying too to, to some family members about one of the Dodgers um, and he wasn't doing well on the team. And it was, I said, well, at this level, they all have really high emotional intelligence. Like they're really, I said, but he's, he doesn't, his, they really all have high, high, high skills. Like they don't get to that level without being super able, right? Yeah. I said, but his emotional intelligence isn't on, on point. And they said, what do you mean? I go, because he's not handling things mm-hmm. well in this arena. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, it can fall apart. And if you don't have that, I think it's such a gift to give that to your children to help them. It is. It is. Because and one they of the can get about- through life, yeah. right? They can get through life better, mm-hmm. right? So go yes. ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. I interrupted. No, it's okay. Because- one of the things to understand about emotional intelligence is that it's not something we're born with. It's something we have to develop over a lifetime. And so yes. just like we have different things, COVID, um, different mm-hmm. stages of life, it's going to bring a whole new set of emotions, whether it be happiness or sadness or whatever it brings up. And so now how do I manage this? And we often right. have expectations. We have people putting expectations on us as well. We've got culture, we've got work, we've got all these things to do. And so we just kind of muddle our way. And I think sometimes what I find is people get to that point. It's like they know life could be better. They, yeah. they do deep down believe it, but they're just so tired of trying That's and failing so and trying and failing and doing it on their own. And now they're scared to even hope for it. And so yeah. really, that's what I love is reminding them that you really can do it. And I truly believe this to the core of my being. You get to create a life that you are going to love. Yes. The challenge is I got to connect with myself and stop using the excuses. Yes. And, and the, and again, going back to why you're here, what you can really truly fully live your life, your, your highest, you know, uh, self as far as being able to really live and and what you're meant to do here. Mm -hmm. And people are choosing, they'll often choose the safe, but the Mm -hmm. safe isn't going to, we have to walk through a fire. We have to go down in the trenches. We have to sometimes do the hard work to get all the, the, the goods on the other side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that I love, I love all of that. And I just love what you have to say about it. And again, it's, it's going inside and really being able to harness. And if we can teach that to our children of, of really starting to go inside and ask themselves or and work that through, because you, you're right, you're not born with it. You're not mm-hmm. born. Not some people don't have higher, you know, emotional intelligence than the other. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how it's the tools mm-hmm. and, and being able to, utilize those tools so we can have a better life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love everything you have to say. I, I really enjoy speaking with you, Christy. Thank you. It has been so nice. I've so enjoyed talking with you as well. Yes. And, um, you know, uh, going forward, I know you're, you're busy right now with your family, but is there anything you've got going as far as um, do you work with uh, groups? Tell me about how your practice is so that other people can learn. Yeah. So I work with people one-on-one. I also do a group on Facebook, I have Awakening to Your Authentic Self. It's a private uh-huh. group that you can join. And in mm-hmm. that, I w- am going to be doing even more um, master classes, webinars to really teach on these different topics. And mm-hmm. through that, you can also sign up for a membership program where you can uh-huh. be on a group call with me twice a month. 
and then also have access to me to ask any questions. Um, you can email me anytime to really connect and, and understand because we run into these things and like, I don't know how to process this. I don't know what to do with this. And that's what I love the most. One of the things I find so many women are so lonely. They don't feel like they have a place that they belong, that they fit in. And I love providing that safe place that, yeah, yeah, you do. Here's a place that yeah. you belong, that you know that you matter, and that you don't have to do this alone anymore. Oh, and women are so alone, and we get used to being alone because we can get more done, right, with every, all the things, all the tasks mm-hmm. that we all the plates we have in the air. I love that you have a group because in a group, you can hear someone else's story. They can be listening to you and getting what you're saying, but if they hear someone else's story, maybe they're a little ahead, maybe they've implemented something, then they go, oh, yeah, that's that's how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I think a group is so healthy, so good. And I'm glad that you're doing that as well. Well, that's exciting stuff. And, and I wish you great success and, and um, everything well and good for you. And thank you again for, yeah. for being here today. I really appreciate all of your wisdom. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Links to mine and my guest social media, as well as other resources you might enjoy are all in the show notes. Why not take a quick 10-minute quiz to help find the right resource for you? Download the Compass mini course or browse the resource page and see what the next community has to offer. All available at www.nextcareerlife.com. Enjoying the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend or coworker. Word of mouth is still the best way to find out about new podcasts. Until next time.